All right. So we're going to go into the good word of the Lord today. The good word of the Lord. Don't forget, next Sunday is May 10th, Mother's Day. Miss Amy will be speaking to us. And we got a little surprise, possibly, coming up. We'll let you know further out in the week about that here at the church. Got a little surprise for you. Okay, I want to talk today about he's still looking. He is still looking. Who is still looking? God is still looking. What's God looking for? Did he lose something? I don't think God ever loses anything. I don't think God is ever taken by surprise. This pandemic and the situation that you find yourself in and we find ourselves in, God is not surprised by this. God is never to the point where he has to scratch his head and say, I wonder what is going to happen or what am I going to do? God is never to the point where he has to get down on his knees and pray and say, oh man, what am I going to do now? Mm -mm. God's not like that. He's all-sufficient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is, God is God. And if you're tuning in today and you're watching this broadcast, I believe that you believe the same thing, that God is God. And God wants to take care of our situations. And so we're going to have to realize that God's still looking. So what's he looking for? Let's go to the good book of Genesis today. Used to be when I was in college, I'd start in Genesis and preach all the way to Revelation. Every sermon. It took hours. So I really have shortened it up a little bit now. Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 7 says in the New Living Translation, And the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life. And man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had created. So God created a garden in Eden. Now we now know and realize that the Garden of Eden was located somewhere in the country of Iraq. There were four, there was a river that went through the Garden of Eden and it broke off into four different branches. Two of those branches you will recognize as one was the Tigris River and the other was the Euphrates River. That's in Genesis chapter 2, you'll find that. So God made a garden, and he put this man in the garden. He formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man his breath. God breathed into us his breath, and we became a living person. And he put man in the garden to take care of the garden. And the Lord God said in verse 18, Genesis chapter 2, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion who will help him. Now, notice he didn't say, I will make a companion who will serve him. And didn't make somebody that's going to go get the remote all the time for him. Or go cook, heat up pizza or get you some Pepsi. Or, uh, no. God made a companion, a helpmate for him. So the, God, the Lord God formed this from the soil every kind of animal and bird he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And Adam chose a name for each one. So Adam is the one that named all the animals. 
Adam in his divine perfected state named all of the animals. So he named the giraffe. He named the hippopotamus. He named the tiger. He named the uh, rainbow trout. He named all of the birds, the parakeet, the cockatoo. He named all of the animals. He gave names to all the livestock, the birds, the wild animals, but there was no companion suitable, companion suitable for Adam, for him. So the Lord God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. He took one of Adam's ribs and closed up the place from which he had taken it. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to Adam. Now, the woman came out of the man. She wasn't separate from the man. She came out of the man. God did not take a bone from Adam's ankle or leg, but he took it from his rib, which is close to his heart. Because the companion that God made for man was to be side by side walking with man through his journey of life. He was there to... Uh, comfort her and protect her and she was there to minister to him and comfort him a woman a wife is supposed to complement the weaknesses of the husband and the husband is supposed to complement the weaknesses of the wife therefore a marriage is made that we can all bring out the best in each other but the enemy has ruined the world and you know, we have a divorce rate that's 50 or 50 percent or more in the world, but not only in the world, but that's in the church as well. There are Christians who get married and then eventually end up in divorce. It happens to all of us. It happens to a lot of us. And what we have to realize is that the woman was made to help us and we were made to help the woman. That's the way the creative order was. And so God brought the woman to Adam and Adam said, he exclaimed, at last, she is part of my own flesh and bone. She, shall, she will be called woman because she was taken out of a man. So I want to talk to you today about God still looking. What's God looking for today? What's he looking for in our lives? What is God looking for in our situation? He's still looking Let's go to the next chapter, Genesis chapter number 3. This is where the fall took place. This is where Adam and Eve were tricked by the enemy. And this is where sin entered into the world. This is why we have disease today. This is why we have death today. This is why we have addictions today. This is why we have all the problems that we have because of Genesis chapter 3. Verse number 6, it says, the woman was convinced. Now, the enemy has already talked to her. The enemy has already persuaded the woman that it is and would be beneficial for her to eat this fresh and delicious fruit. The fruit looks so fresh and delicious and it would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit and she gave some to her husband who was with her then he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they strung fig leaves together around their hips to cover themselves. Notice that it says that she took and ate, 
But Adam was also right there. Adam did not protect her like he should have. Remember, Adam was made in the image of God. Adam could have said to the woman, come, let's go. Let's don't listen to what the serpent says. That's some of our biggest problems today that you and I as Christians deal with. And, and not just as Christians, as humans, we deal with it, and that is that we listen to the wrong voice. And when the wrong voice starts speaking into our lives, instead of turning and walking away from the voice, we stand there and listen to it for a while. The longer you listen to the voice, the more you increase your chances and your odds that you're going to fall for what that voice is saying to you and talking to you about. You have to be careful what voice you're listening to. You have to be careful what voices you allow to speak into your life. All of us have to watch what voices we listen to. That's why it's important to fill our minds and our spirits with the Word of God. That's why we have to do it on a daily basis. We eat food on a daily basis, physical food, natural food. We drink water on a daily basis. We feed our bodies on a daily basis. We have to feed our spiritual man on a daily basis as well because we have to fill our minds with the Word of God and our spirits and hearts with the Word of God. That way when the enemy comes in with that voice of lying, we can, uh, we can recognize that he's lying to us and we can shoo him away. We can push him out and say, we're not going to listen to that. I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to allow that voice to speak into my life. You see, those of you who garden, you know that if you don't take care of the weeds in the garden, the weeds will choke out the fruit and the vegetables that you're growing. The weeds will take the nutrients from the soil that your tomatoes need. The weeds will steal and rob the, the nutrients that your potatoes and your cabbage and your carrots and your broccoli need. And the weeds seem to grow faster than the fruit does, doesn't it? It seems to grow, the weeds seem to grow at a much more uh, rapid pace than the fruit and the vegetables grow. Why? Because they want to steal the nutrients. They want to take away from you the nutrients of the soil of the Word of God to put in your life. It's the same way in the kingdom. The devil wants to speak lies to you that you start to believe, and those lies begin to pull you away from truth. And those lies begin to pull you away from what's really happening. And so she sees this fruit, and the devil's told her, he said, you're going to be wise. Look how good it looks. This can't be a bad decision. It can't be, it can't be wrong. I was talking to somebody on the phone last night, and they had called me a month before. I saw their number, and I meant to call them back, and I didn't call them back. I, it just got lost in all of my stuff. And I was talking to this person last night. And in fact, I, what came to my mind last night, early in the evening, was I need to call that person back. And within a half hour, that person had called me. And I told them, I said, you're not going to believe this. But it, about 20 minutes ago or so, I just thought I need to call you because I think I missed a call from you. And they said, you did, and it's all right, because this is what I was going to do and tell you on this phone call. And I said, I'm glad I didn't answer it. I'm glad I didn't see it then. He said, you're right, because he said, I'm much better now. 
He was going to throw in the towel. He was going to change direction in his life. He was going to do something totally different 30 days ago, two weeks ago, than he was now. What's that tell me? You've got to listen to the voices in your life, and you've got to realize, I shouldn't do this. You've got you to judge the voices in your life and realize, I can't be doing this. That's why you have to have your foundation on the Word of God. That's why we have to have our foundation in the Spirit of God. They, they take the fruit, they eat of it. Adam didn't protect her. Instead, he blamed her. He said, the woman you gave me, she, she made me eat it. That's what he said. She gave it to me, and I ate it, and she made me do it. She was tricked by the devil. But, hey, why weren't you there to protect her, Adam? Why didn't you stand up and be a man? It's time for the men to become spiritual leaders in their homes. It's time for us men to become spiritual leaders in our homes. Now, I know there's situations where there's, the woman is coming to church and living for God and the man's not, and she has to be, be the spiritual leader. I understand there's circumstances like that. But, men, it's time in Family Worship Center that we stand up and be men. And we learn how to be steel and we learn how to be velvet. And we learn how to love and we learn how to lead. And we learn how to care for. So Adam is here. And, and so they, they take these fig leaves and they sew them together trying to cover their nakedness. Anything that we try to do to get us away from the presence of the Lord is going to fail. Because fig leaves are going to eventually dry out and they're going to deteriorate and they're going to fall off and wither away. And we're back to the, our, our same thing again. You see, we have to have a resolution in our lives that comes from heaven. We have to have a decision and an action that comes from another realm and another place. Because our money is not going to save us. Our education is not going to save us. Our strong mu muscles and bodies is not going to save us. Because we're dealing with a spiritual issue in our lives. But God is still looking. What's he looking for? God is still looking. What's he looking for? God is still looking. What is he looking for? Toward evening, verse 8, they heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid themselves among the trees. Now let me say this. When we have sin in our lives, we are going to hide from the presence of the Lord. When we have wrong things in our hearts, it is our natural inclination that we are going to hide from the presence of the Lord. Mark it down. You're going to hide from the presence of the Lord. You're going to have darkness in your heart, and that light is going to expose it. It's like turning on the light and the cockroaches begin to run because they don't want anybody to know they're there. But that sin and iniquity in our hearts keeps us from the presence of the Lord. It, it tries to hide from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord God called to Adam, Where are you? And he replied, I heard you, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Adam said, I heard you. Now, this is the first time since Adam was created that he ever hid himself from the Lord. This is the first time since Adam was created and Eve was created and Adam named all the animals and was taking care of the garden. This is the first time that Adam hid himself from the Lord. When you walk in relationship with the Lord and your heart is right, you want to be in the presence of the Lord. Just like in a marriage. Men, when your wife is mad at you, 
and there's trouble in, in, the, in the relationship, you don't want to talk to her. You don't want to see her. You don't want to hear from her. That's why you turn up the remote volume real loud. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Why? You don't want to be in her presence. You don't want to be in that wrath. Why? Because there's, there's an angle in the tangle. There's a tangle in the angle. There's trouble in paradise. Things are out of alignment. And so Adam said, our relationship is out of alignment now. And God's wanting to know, I didn't put this scripture up here, but God says, who told you? Who told you you were naked? What voice have you been listening to, Adam? Now, I ought to preach that message. Maybe I'll just taint, change, right? Who told you, Adam? What voice is telling you? What voice are you listening to that told you you was naked? And why are you hiding? Well, God already knew what was going on because God is omniscient. He knows everything. He already knew what was going on. Yes, he did. But he's still looking. Even though God knew what was going on, he was still looking for Adam. Even though God knew exactly what was happening, he was still looking for Adam. He was still looking for Eve. He was still hungry for fellowship. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. The book of Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon himself, the wisest man to ever live. He said this and wrote this in Ecclesiastes 3.19. For that which befalleth the sons of man befalleth beast. Befalleth, that's a nice old English word. Basically that is whatever comes on the man comes on the beast. Whatever the beast deals with, the man deals with as well. He said, even one thing that befalleth them as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Beasts die, men die. Yea, they, all, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. Guess what, brothers and sisters? Just like animals die, we die. Just like we die, animals die. We have an appointment with death. Verse number 20, all go unto one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again these bodies that we have that we spend all that money on to make skinny all those diets that we try all of the oil of Olay that we smear on our face all of the creams all of the coconut butter everything we put on our face to get the wrinkles to go away all of the colors and dyes that we put on our hair to cover up that one gray hair. I had someone in my life the other day that said, did you hear the news? And I said, what news? I have a gray hair. I said, whoa. Hallelujah. I wanted to say, get ready, because there's more on the way. They're coming. They're coming after you. Ha, 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 ha. The gray hairs are coming to get you. So we spend all this money on a body that's going to go back to dust. We spend all of this time on a body that's going to go back to the earth. 
We spend all of this energy on a body that's going to go back to earth. Verse 21, but who knows the spirit of man that goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth. Inside of our body is a spirit. That spirit is going to live on forever somewhere. That spirit is going to move somewhere in and spend eternity. You see, it, if right now, if my spirit leaves my body, my body falls to the ground. It will not fall gracefully. It will not fall easily. It will just crumble and collapse. Because my spirit inside of me is what is making my body live. It is my spirit inside of me that's making my body live. This is the breath of God inside that's making my body live. Just like Adam received that breath from God and raised that body up, it's the same with us today. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. You see, my spirit man that's making my body live on this earth when it leaves this earth, is going back to God who gave it. It's going back to the original creator who gave it and gave me life. No, I'm not going to fail to exist anymore. No, I'm not going to cease to exist anymore. No, 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 no. I am going to exist forever and ever. I'm just going to be in a different form. I'm just going to walk in a different body. I'm not going to be in this fleshly body anymore that is susceptible to pain, that is, that is uh, susceptible to disease and death. My body, my natural body goes back to the earth and to the dust, but my spirit man is going back in to the presence of the Lord. What are you saying? I'm saying he's still looking. Who's still looking? God is still looking. John chapter 4, verse 22, and I'm getting ready to close. I know that's hard to believe. John chapter 4, verse 22 says this. Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John 4. And they were comparing religious labels and political labels and ethnic labels. And she says, why are you a Jew? You're a Jew. Why are you sitting here talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. What she was saying was that the Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile, and the Jews wouldn't talk to them. And the Jews hated them. And the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. And she said, you're a Jew, and you're talking to me. You're talking to me. He said, why are you talking to me? He said, I'm talking to you because I want to talk to you today. I want to tell you that if you drink water from this well, you're going to thirst again. But he said, if you drink of the water that I'm going to give you, you'll never thirst again. And she said to him, I want to come and get a hold of this water that you're going to give me so I don't ever have to come back to this well again. Because, you see, she had to go in the middle of the day because she was a harlot. She had to go in the middle of the day because she was a lady of ill repute. She had to go to the well at noontime. Everybody, when they saw her going to the well with her water pot, knew exactly the lifestyle that she lived. <laughs> 
So she was saying, if you give me this water, then I'll never have to come back here and drink again. I'll never have to go through the embarrassment of my reputation in the community again. I can just stay in my house and do my thing and never... But Jesus was looking for something far deeper than just trying to clean up her reputation. He was trying to get to her heart. He was still looking. He was still searching after her. And he's still wanting to let her know that there's a water that you can drink of that I'll give you that you will never thirst again. It wasn't natural water that would quench the thirst of her natural body. But he was giving her water that would quench the dryness and the parchment of her spirit, man. You see, God is trying to work in people's lives today. He's still looking for people today that he can... <coughs> that, excuse me, that he can put his spirit in, that he can put his love in, that he can put his, his power in to help us overcome sin, to help us overcome the things of this life, to help us overcome all the pressures of life. He said, let me tell you something. You drink this water and you will never, ever thirst again. And I'm taking a drink of water that I will need to drink again. But verse 22 says this. Now look at her. She said, you Samaritans, this is what Jesus said, know so little about the one you worship. After she was talking about her reputation, she gets religious and she says, we, we worship in this mountain. We worship the same way that you worship. And Jesus is saying, well, you Samaritans know so little about the one you worship. While we the Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, Jesus said, and is already here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Look at this next line. The Father is looking for anyone who will worship him that way. The Father is looking for true worshipers. The Father is looking for people who will be in a relationship with him, who will be in a lifestyle with him, who will make him not only an a item on the to-do list, but God is looking for people who will make him a center focal point in their lives. God doesn't want to just be the God that shows up when you need help. God doesn't want to just show up. Let me ask you this. How many of you pray before you eat? Or how many of you throw it on the table and suck it down? And then have a long, big belch at the end? Why are you talking about praying before you eat? I'm talking about if you do that, the Bible says acknowledge, your, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. If you take the time to thank the Lord for the food that he's given you, you're acknowledging him because you're in relationship. I've been married a long time. How long have I been married? A long time. That's what she said. We both realize today, for those of you in the world listening and watching, that we, my wife and I, have been married a long time. 30, 32 years, coming up on 33. And listen, you better, you better pay some attention to someone if you're going to be around for 30-plus years. Because if you don't pay any attention to someone, someone's going to go find attention somewhere else. I don't have time to get into marriage counseling today. But I'm telling you, because in a marriage, it's a relationship. 
you're in a relationship. When you said, I do, that was supposed to be forever. I do. Sickness, health, rich or poor, better or worse. See, words matter to God. And so, we're in a relationship here. God wants to be in, in a relationship with each of us. As much as I love my wife, and she knows this, I hope, as much as I love her, I think she would want me to love Jesus more than she, I love Amy. Because, listen, if Jesus is not in my life, I am one contemptible guy. Now, some of them in my house may be thinking the last couple of weeks, Jesus has leaked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you got bad days. What's it? You had a bad day. Whatever, chicken in the pot. That's probably not the same song. On my big green tractor. International Harvester. That's probably about it. That is a medley. That's what they call a medley. Okay? I know what a medley is. That's a medley. But sometimes you, we have medleys in life on a daily basis, and medleys happen. One bad thing happens, and the next bad thing happens, and this happens, and that happens, and this don't work out, and somebody did something s s silly. Amen? Wanted to say stupid? They, say they do something silly and stupid. They do something that doesn't make any sense. They slow you down. They mess you up. You've got to go back and fix it. And you know what? You have times. We all have medleys of bad things in our lives some days. And so we have to make sure we have Jesus in our life. So my wife is one to make sure that I have a relationship with Jesus because that relationship with Jesus will help me through the bad times and the medleys of bad things that happen sometimes in my day. And you know, you're a human just like I am, so I know you got trouble too. I know we all have problems also. All of us have problems. Don't think that none of us walk around on earth and some of us and thinking that you got everything by the tail. Sooner or later, something's going to happen in your life that's going to get your attention. And you better make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, you don't even know what you're worshiping. You don't even know how to do it. But the Father is looking. God is looking. He is still looking for somebody that will worship him. How are we going to worship him? Let's go on and try to find out. He's still looking. I said he's still looking out there. Repeat after me. He is still looking. Yes, powerful here. Powerful here. He's still looking. Isaiah, I'm closing. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31. All of you who read the word probably know this one by heart, or you've quoted it or heard it quoted before, or you got a sign in your kitchen wall that says this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to talk about one phrase here. Isaiah 40, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord. Now, a lot of people look at waiting and they say, they that wait upon the Lord. So the Lord is going to give me strength. And the Lord is going to give me an answer. 
and the Lord is going to come through for me. And the Lord is going to do this and do that. The Lord is going to do it. So I'm just going to sit down here and wait. Mm-mm. Doesn't always happen like that. That word wait comes from the Hebrew word, kabah. If you're looking at a Strong's Concordance, it's number 6960, kabah. It is a primitive root. It means to bind together, perhaps by twisting, to collect figuratively, or to expect. To bind together, perhaps by twisting, by braiding. Now, I'm not a woman. I never had any sisters. And I don't know how to comb a girl's hair. I don't know how to braid a girl's hair. All right? I don't have that. I'm, I'm not qualified to do that. So uh, my daughters, if they had needed their hair braided, had to go to their mom. But in the braid, you take three strands of hair at least, as far as I know. Are there different kind of braids that require more strands? Probably, but three. Three strands of hair at least. And you begin to braid them together until a woman who has a full head of hair that's flowing down her neck and shoulders onto her back, you take that and it becomes one solid braid of hair in a very tight, confined spot. It's very tight. It's very hard to pull apart. God wants us to wait on Him. God wants us to get braided in His presence. God wants to get braided in our lives. God wants to be part of the twisting of my daily life. God wants all of my, our attention. But how am I going to give God all of our attention and all my attention? I have to work. I have a family to feed. I have things to do. Well, it's very easy when you wake up in the morning, you say, thank you, Jesus. When you're sitting on your bed, hallelujah, you're just moving your, your feet, your bare feet on the carpets, you know, that everybody I drive crazy doing that. I like just scrubbing my feet on the carpet. Just kind of moving it around. Everybody's like, would you stop that? But while I'm doing that, I say, hey, I got a song today. A song hits me. The other day a song hit me and it said, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever ever done those of you out there make sure you get that clip to simon cow all right i'm doing this because i'm trying to escape this church they won't let me on the praise team so send it out to the voice coaches send it out to everybody they got to hear this voice and the lord has provided an opportunity and so i had to take it what are you saying i'm saying when i get up in the morning i got a song i got to thank you jesus on my mouth i've got a song through the day well don't, I don't have time to sing all day. But if you purposely bind up the Lord and you braid Him into your life, if you purposely twist the Lord up in everything that you do, you'll find that your life will be so much better. You will find that your life will be so much fuller. You will find that your mind will be so much freer. Hallelujah. I'm talking about He's still looking for you. I'm talking about being twisted up with the Lord today. 
they came out with a with a game 40 years ago called Twister. Oh Lord. I tried to play Twister. Not very good at Twister. Twister's hard. You got to be flexible. God wants to get in your life. God wants to get in your game of Twister with your life and he wants to work in your life and he wants to be bound up with you. That way when you go through tough times, he's there with you. That way when you're needing strength, he's there for you. That way when you need guidance, he is right there in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants to be in your life. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me tell you something, he's still looking. God is still looking for you. Just like he was looking for Adam and Eve in the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, just like he was looking at the woman at the well and saying, I've got something that if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. God's still looking today for worshipers. God's looking for you today, my friend. You see, you're not always going to live through this life and just go to sleep and die and never exist. You're going to exist somewhere in eternity. Somewhere in eternity, you're going to live. We're all going to live somewhere. I don't have time to take you there today, but if you go to the book of Luke, chapter number 16, you'll read the story about the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man died, and he found himself in hell and in torments. And then Lazarus was died, and the Bible says that the angels came and carried him away to Abraham's bosom, to paradise. And there he dwelt in the presence of the Lord. You will... All of us, one day, we will fly into eternity. We will one day be ushered into eternity. But today, during this pandemic, today, during this time, he's still looking for you. Hallelujah. He's still looking for you. He's still wanting you. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I just pray that the words today that we have spoke, Lord, what we've looked at, what we've looked into, I pray, God, that you would help us to become braided and twisted in your presence. That scripture in my, comes to my mind so forcefully, and, and Lord, I quote it so many times around here. It's Matthew 6, 33. God, if each and every one of us would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things will take care of themselves. Lord, if we will just twist ourselves, if we will just twist ourselves in you, if we will just twist ourselves in the kingdom, then God, you will bring about your goal and your will and your purpose. And Lord, that destiny, that book of destiny that you have written about us before we were even born, before we even took our first breath, you have already laid out our destinies. So in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, move mightily. Move mightily in a mighty, mighty way in our life, in my life. I pray those, God, who are afraid right now would begin to seek your word for answers. I pray, God, that you would bring a voice to them. I pray, God, that you would bring a voice of your word to them, a scripture. I pray that you would bring a neighbor by. I pray that you would bring a, a phone call from a believer that says, hey, I was just thinking about you. What do you need? What can I help you with? God, we just give you all the praise today. 
I push back the enemy and the spirit of darkness in people's lives in the name of Jesus. Let the angels of the Lord go right now from this place and, Lord, from every house of worship and from every corner that you have placed angels throughout this world and let them begin to do the work and the bidding of the kingdom in people's lives. You have prepared men's hearts, God, for a harvest. You have prepared men's hearts to, for a twisting and a braiding in their lives. God, I just pray you bring it about in the name of Jesus. Cover, Lord, their lives. Cover their eyes, Lord, from the blinding light of sin and let them be able to see the light of the gospel. Let them be able to see the power of the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary. And Lord, fill those people with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, your presence. Fill them, Lord, all over the world today in Jesus' name. Those who are seeking baptism, God, bring them to baptism in the name of Jesus that they can be identified through you. We just ask this all in Jesus' name. Believe in God that you're still looking. For Lord, you are still looking for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mighty, mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for joining us today. Let God begin to braid and twist in every fiber of your life. He's looking to do that. He's wanting to do that. He's desiring to do that. He's been looking from the beginning, and he hasn't stopped looking yet. Amen. We'll be back Tuesday night, Facebook Live. Ginger will be continuing her lesson on your pastor and you. Please tune into that. That's a good lesson. I believe she had probably five or 600 views on that. Amen. Tune into that. That was a good lesson. I listened to it. It's very good. But she can say things I can't say. Amen. She brings out stuff that I didn't even realize. She brought stuff out I was living, didn't even realize I was living it. Amen. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, join us back here. I'll be concluding session, lesson four, session four on connections, angels, and believers. We're going to talk about the ministry of angels and believers Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Then remember, food pantry is this Saturday. Man of the church, if you can supply me with a couple pickup trucks, I'd use mine, but Old Blue's just about had it. I'm afraid they dropped that plug on my truck. She'll just snap in two, and we'll have to just get a cutting torch right there and probably just burn it. Amen. Call it a riot in Vandalia and burn a pickup truck. Amen. But if you can help out with some pug and some men can help us with some shovels, rakes, and hose, that would be great. Text me and let me know that or call me. If you need baptized, if you need prayer, whatever you need, we'll hook that up. We'll get it all ready for you. If you want to get baptized, we're going to do a Bible study with you, explain what's going on. Amen. So uh, Saturday, 9 a.m., drive-through, drive-through food pantry. Next Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, Mother's Day. Amen. My wife will be speaking to us, giving us and sharing what the Lord's given her. Hallelujah. Have a great week. Be blessed in the Lord. If you need us, call us. We love you all. Miss you all. Looking forward to seeing you soon. In Jesus' name, amen.